Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Amen. Man, we can do all that on one extra hour of sleep. I think that's the most energy we've ever got from this group on a Sunday morning at what time? Well, my clock down there still says eight o'clock. So yeah, thank you, Jesus. Again, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, man, we are doing a new series, uh, Counting Stars. What is it that you are believing for? This is a vision series. Proverbs 29, 18 tells us without vision, we perish. You know, um, we took the leadership. We did a retreat just over the weekend. We've got the whole year planned out. God's got big vision in store for us, man. I'm telling you, we got missions trips lined up. We got all the series lined up. And we know that in a man's heart, he plans his ways, but God directs his steps. So we are also open to pivoting and moving wherever the Holy Spirit may lead us and guide us. But it's a lot easier for God to direct something when we have a plan. Is it not true? And uh, we're going to get into that a little more. Uh, this teaching I'm doing is special. It's unique for you men. It's different than what you'll get when you come to the 1030 service, and I've entitled it, What's My Reward? What's My Reward? And as men, do we have what it takes to truly be righteous? Could our belief system have anything to do with whether or not we are deemed righteous in the eyes of the Lord? Absolutely. Say yes. Yes. But how? And how does being righteous affect God's plan for our lives, and not just our lives, but our families' lives and the generations to come? When God establishes a covenant, you see, we know, man, that he requires us as men to fulfill our side of that agreement. So let's talk about reasons, and let's talk about resistance when it comes to our beliefs. So before we go into the reading today, which is found in uh, Genesis 15, by the way, you can uh, take some notes because you know how I like to give you a snapshot of what we're about to read, a snapshot, if you will, of Genesis. So in Genesis, there are two main parts. Isn't that right, James? The first part begins in the garden where we watch humanity spiral downward to self-destruction, ending into this tower that they try to build called uh, the Tower of Babel. There, uh, a rebellious humanity is scattered all over the world by God. God's like, no, this ain't going to happen. Boom. Second part of Genesis focuses on one family. And it's right in the middle of the story, which actually links the two parts of Genesis together and helps us understand what the whole book is really about. After the scatter of the Tower of Babel, we follow a genealogy of all these different tribes, which leads down to a man named Abram, which you probably know as Abraham. And this is where God starts making promises to Abraham in how he will make him a blessing through his family and all the nations, everyone say all, all the nations will be blessed and there will be a blessing through that family, through God's blessing. And here God is trying to restore humanity back to the goodness of what was in the garden, to the original intention with him and the world. 
Now, the second half is about this one family, and spoil alert, um, you could read this and think, well, this is just a great, perfect family. I'm going to learn from the family. Uh, no, it's a very dysfunctional family, which gives us all hope, <laughs> right? That God can use anyone, so God can use us. And we can learn from both the, the dysfunction, the success, and the failures of this family, what to do and what not to do. And when they are obedient to God's word and they follow their end of the bargain, they get blessed. When they're not, they don't. It's not rocket science, um, but this family is so dysfunctional, just to give you a snapshot on some of the dysfunction they go through. God give, uh, gives Abraham his wife, Sarah, and Sarah, and then Abram gives away his wife to these other men because he's in fear of his own life. Um, Sarah gets impatient because you're going to see there's a promise about them having a child, and out of that child, they're going to have this, this whole nation's going to birth out of it. She gets impatient, so she takes matters into her own hands and gets the servant girl to sleep with her husband. Come on. It, yeah, that creates a whole other mess, doing it their way instead of God's way. And then down the road, you get... Uh, uh, you get Isaac is finally born. This promised child is born. And then God challenges Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Fast forward, he doesn't die. Okay, spoiler alert. Um, then you've got two other sons that come out of Isaac. You've, you've, you've got, uh, help me out, guys. You've got Jacob and Esau. You've got a hairy one, right, that likes to go out and hunt like all the other men. And then you got Jacob, who's kind of a mama's boy, who stays in the tent and he's a good cook. He's a good chef. And then there's he deceives his brother. Jacob deceives uh, Esau, steals the blessing, and so forth. He's on the run. And that, that's what I mean, not to get into how dysfunctional this family is, but why don't we start at the beginning part of it when the promise is given to Abram and what we can learn on his end of the, uh, of the promise and what he needs to fulfill and what God's promise has fulfilled and is continued on through us. Are you with me, men? Okay, so we can learn through all of this. So let's read Genesis 15. I believe there's 21 verses. So good, man. I love it. I love it. Okay, I, I hope you're taking notes already because um, we learned about this rhema, the word of God, when it speaks to us, we read it, it just jumps out to us. That's for you. That's literally for you. There's a reason and highlight it in your, in your Bible. Uh, take notes. We'll come back to it talk about it, go for coffee with each other. This doesn't stop here. This is just the beginning. Someone say this is just the beginning. Okay. But I would like to start in, uh, in verse six. I'm going to, John, I'm going to go to, I hope you join us for the 1030 because I'm going to talk more about that verse one in the 1030 service. Uh, but verse six, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. I believe Rick read that. Rick ripped Rick read that. Righteousness is the quality of being right in the eyes of God, okay, including character, nature, conscience, attitude, conduct, action, and command, word. Righteousness is therefore based upon God's standard, okay? In Galatians 3, if you got your Bibles, you're taking lots of notes, I hope you are. In verse 5, Paul tells us that, so again, I ask, does God give you his spirit? And work miracles among you by the words of the law or by you believing what you have heard. So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him 
as righteousness. Understand then those who have faith are children of Abraham. And everyone said amen. Come on. Amen. The first point is how can I be righteous? How can I be righteous? Righteousness in the sight of God cannot be earned, man. It cannot. Righteousness is the quality of being right in the eyes of God, including the character, all those things that we read. It is not something that can be earned. Uh, Acceptance by God comes only through believing, say belief. Becoming righteous in God's sight is something we receive by faith, not something that we can deserve. Abram's relationship with God was established by his faith in God, and God accepted him as righteous because Abram believed. Is It is our belief that brings the blessing and makes us righteous. I'll say that again. It is our belief in God that brings the blessing and makes us righteous. It also helps us when we deal with battles and we'll, when we overcome and receive the breakthrough. Now, Genesis 15, verse 8, boom. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? How can we know? We all want God's promises over our lives to be fulfilled. We want that assurance. And, but it takes a willingness for us to take the next steps. A willingness. Are you ready, men, to follow through? Are you ready, men, to put your faith into action? This is where God requires faith in action by what we do, not by faith alone. God requires us to act upon our belief by giving him our best. Ooh, that's worth writing down. It's not in your notes. God requires us to act upon our belief by giving our best. That's right. Our obedience is evidence of our righteousness, is it not? Our obedience is evidence of our righteousness. 1 Samuel 15, 22, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Come on. Listen, the scripture says, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Come on. James also reminds us if we go down to verse uh, 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 James 2, verse 17, it says, in the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied with not accompanied by action, it is dead, right? You may know it as faith without works is dead. He references Abram later. Check this out. Verse 21 in James 2. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, that his faith and his action were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. Verse, the next verse, verse 23. And verse 23 says, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. There it is again. 
Verse 24 in James 2 says, You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, not by faith alone. Come on. Then we go to verse 11. Are you still with me, man? Okay, good. I figured you're awake for this. A lot lot of scripture today. Verse 11. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcass, but Abraham drove them away. This was his sacrifice that he gave to God. He asked God, how can I know that I will possess it? Then God gives him the next step and he requires a sacrifice. He requires an offering. He requires him to do it a certain way. Okay. Meanwhile, Paul also refer, okay, this is the other thing that the Lord put on my heart. Don't let the enemy steal your sacrifice. Don't let the enemy steal your sacrifice or peck at God's promises for your life. You know, as soon as he lays it down, he gives his best. What happens? These crazy birds come and try to peck at the promise. They try to get in the way. But you know what? He does something about it. He shoes them off. How many times do we allow and tolerate things to come into our life and affect our sacrifice? It could be your tithe. It could be your offering. Come on, man. Oh, well, you could use that for something else. You know, like, no, no, it's putting God first. It could be your your wife. It could be your kids. You're like, oh, I'll get back to that later. No, he doesn't want you to give your scraps. He wants you to give your best, man. That's why we come together and we gather to encourage and build each other up and remind ourselves, yes, there's a sacrifice. Yes, it's laying down our best. And yes, the enemy's going to try to come in and peck at the promise. And he's going to try to steal the sacrifice. But will you let him? No, of course not. You're going to do something about it. You're going to lean into his promises and be able to deal with whatever problem or we call opportunity that might come your way. Paul also refers in uh, Romans 4, 18 to 25, he says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So shall it be for our kids and our kids' kids and our great-grandkids. Verse 19 says, without weakening in his faith. We need to lean into this. Without weakening into his faith, he faced the fact that his body was so good as dead since he was a 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Man, you're going to face things in the natural, even though God has promised and laid it out and given you the vision to continue to go forward, where you need his super. You need a miracle. You need God. And you shouldn't be surprised when it happens, when it looks like the bank account is dry, when it looks like there isn't any money coming in, when it looks like the doors aren't being open. What you don't see is you're worrying about what God is already working on, that he has a plan and a purpose and it will prevail because it's true in his word. When you've got covenant with Christ, look out world. That's what you got. You keep laying down the offering. You keep putting down the sacrifice. You keep leaning in to your word and holding on to that faith. You with me? Good stuff. Verse 20 said, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Come on. Oh, my wife's, my wife's old. Glory to God. 
Oh, I'm having a hard time getting around. I don't even know if I can produce anymore. Glory to God. He's not done with me yet. I still got his promise and his promises are true. They're yes and amen. Come on. Right? Glory to God. We enter into his gates with praise and thanksgiving in our hearts. His courts with praise, thanksgiving in our heart. How do you enter in? Don't listen to the ways of the world. Don't lean into, be, don't, don't be conformed to the patterns of this word, but be transformed by what, Rick? The renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve. And how do we do that? But by reading God's word and putting it into practice. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 23, the, word, the words it was credited to him were written not for him alone. Come on. Verse 25, for, for, sorry, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Come on. It's not just for Abraham. Say it's for me. It's for my family. And turn to someone saying, it's for you. <laughs> All right. Verse 25 says he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification, Jesus. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Stand to your feet. Righteousness with God equals great reward. Righteousness with God equals great reward. The accountability is on us to put into practice what we read every day and the opportunities that we face. It's accredited to you and it's accredited to me. We must do something about it. This 2024 is going to be such a year of blessing. So much that you cannot contain it. I think James posted something with the rain coming down. And he remembered uh, the scripture written in Malachi uh, 3 verse 10. It says, test me on this and see that I don't pour out such a blessing that you can't contain it. You know, it doesn't matter if water's coming into the church. If the power's out in the middle of the night, come on, I praise the Lord. And I look at all of his blessings in my life and all the blessings that are coming to me. And when I come into the house of the Lord and I see all these mighty men choosing to put God first, choosing to gather, despite what they're facing and going through, armoring up, shield to shield, shoulder to shoulder for the glory of God, building up and encouraging one another. I know I'm in the presence of righteousness with Christ at the center. Thank you, Jesus. And, and if you're here today, if you're here today and, and, and you've been struggling with that, if you're struggling, man, am I, I don't know, pastor. I, I don't really know if I'm right. Well, you are made righteous through Christ. I'm telling you what we just read there in the scripture. That if you would just receive him and make him Lord over your life, Paul says in Romans 10 verse 9, if we believe in our hearts, we believe in our hearts that God the Father raised his son from the grave and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. And that's what we're going to do right here, right now. And whether you're coming to him for the first time or you're coming back to him, the Bible says if just one comes back, there's a party going on in heaven right now. Today's the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in his mercies are made new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So I'd like to lead you through that prayer. And I'd ask that we all pray it together. If you would, if you're online, bow your heads, close your eyes, you're in house, do the same. And know this, know that while we are praying this prayer, there is a man coming to know God 
for the first time. There's another man coming to know God or coming back to him again in this moment. And we get to be part of this holy moment. So just pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for bringing me here to this space and this place of your grace. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And thank you for coming back to life three days later. Would you forgive me of my sins? I'm turning from my way and I'm turning to you. And I choose now to follow you all the days of my life. I thank you that my past is past because you are Lord over my life. And today's a new day in Jesus' name. Just stay in the moment. If you would, eyes closed, heads bowed in the moment. If you prayed that prayer, whether it was for the first time or your comeback moment today, on this glorious day, the Lord has made. Just put your thumb up and say, thank you. Come on. Praise you, Jesus. Right on. Same if you're online right now and you're listening or you're following, you could just um, shoot an emoji my way with a thumbs up. Say, Pastor, that was me. Private message me. I just love to celebrate with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that it speaks life to us, reveals things that are in our heart. Lord, may we walk as righteous men. May we be like our father, great father Abraham. May we learn from his family and despite the dysfunction, may we know our destiny. May we walk in that strength because of your love and sacrifice for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna open it up for baptism. Baptism is something that we are commissioned to do in the great commission of making disciples. It's not your salvation. It's it's saying, I'm all in for Jesus. It's choosing to be obedient like the scripture says that he requires obedience more than sacrifice. And he told us to go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey his commands. And surely he is with us always, even to the ends of this earth. Matthew 28. And that's what we do here at College Street. That's what many churches are doing all around the world. We are seeing life change and transformation. Men and women that are coming forward and saying, I'm all in for Jesus. And that's the word baptism means to be fully immersed, all in. In Romans, it says, when you go in the water, that you are are baptized with Christ. You are buried with Christ. It represents when he went to the grave. I love it. It's just a beautiful image, a powerful image of saying goodbye to the old self. And when you come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection power. This is that you are resurrected with him. And anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So we don't make it difficult for you to come. Jesus did the difficult part. We got towels. We got clothes. We got a worship team. Worship and celebrate what the Lord is doing in you and through you. In the days to come, you got a brotherhood. You got a tribe. So you don't have to do it alone. We praise God for that. So as we worship now, feel free, man, to, if you want to come come forward, worship God up front here. Um, lay hands on a brother. Encourage them. If you want to come forward and be baptized, now is your time. I'll be, I'll be standing there worshiping as well. But let's just give praise to our amazing Lord and Savior. 
Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.